Hello, welcome to Carmelite Conversations. This is Frances Harry. We have the pleasure of having Deacon Rusty Baldwin, a Secular Dist House Carmelite member, give us a talk in our Dayton, Ohio community about what the soul is to the body. And in this talk, he refers it to the Constitution of the OCDS, but it also relates to all of the Catholics, all the Christians, as we ponder what the soul is to the body and how we, as Carmelites, as Catholics, as Christians, can operate as the soul to the body of Christ and to the world. Without further ado, I present to you Deacon Rusty Baldwin. If you have not read our secular Carmelite constitution recently, I highly recommend you do so every few months. Our constitution contains the core and foundation of who we are as secular Carmelites, which is, of course, what constitutions are for. A constitution records the most fundamental and essential aspects of a group or organization. And while it also contains laws, statutes, and other information such as the organizational structure, it is the purpose, essence, and reason for the group's existence that constitutes the spirit of the document. And it is in staying true to that spirit that a group succeeds or fails. The opening words of the Constitution of the United States, for example, are, we the people. And these words affirm that the government of the United States exists to serve its citizens. That spirit of the government as the servant of the people frames and pervades the entirety of the document. Similarly, I think the spirit of our mission as secular Carmelites is captured in the epilogue of the OCDS Constitution. And we do well to remind ourselves of that spirit from time to time. Borrowing from the Second Vatican Council document, Lumen Gentium, our Constitution enjoins secular Carmelites to be to the world what the soul is to the body. To be to the world what the soul is to the body. Now, this is incredibly profound in that being to the world what the soul is to the body contains in seed form the core of the spirituality of our Holy Father, St. John of the Cross, and our Holy Mother, St. Teresa of Avila, as well as alluding to how we might apply that spirituality as secular Carmelites living in the world. Let me read to you a portion of a letter from a first century Christian to Dionysus explaining what a Christian is. To speak in general terms, we may say that a Christian is to the world 
what the soul is to the body. As the soul is present in every part of the body while remaining distinct from it, so Christians are found in all the cities of the world but cannot be identified with the world. As the visible body contains the invisible soul, so Christians are seen living in the world, but their religious life remains unseen. It is by the soul enclosed within the body that the body is held together, and similarly, it is by the Christians detained in the world as in a prison that the world is held together. The soul, though immortal, has a mortal dwelling place, and Christians also live for a time amid perishable things, while awaiting the freedom from change and decay that will be theirs in heaven. As the soul benefits from the deprivation of food and drink, so Christians flourish under persecution. Such is the Christian's lofty and divinely appointed function from which he is not permitted to excuse himself. Thus, at the most fundamental level, the soul animates the body. The soul is the principle of and gives life to the body. It is its life force and that which points us beyond mere temporal existence. That which points us towards eternity, for the soul is eternal. In this, then, Carmelite seculars are to bring a spirit of life to the world, to animate our world with the spirit of Christ, and through a spirit of love to point to eternity in all we say and do. Just as our Lord came to give life, we are sent by him, to be a light to the world, that the world might come to him. But it would be a mistake to think that somehow the soul and the body are separate or even opposed to one another. In fact, our Holy Father, St. John of the Cross, often uses the term soul to mean the entire human person, which includes the body and thus forms a unified whole. St. John's spirituality does not distinguish between body and soul, but rather between spirit and senses, each of which has a spiritual and bodily dimension. And this, too, has profound implications for us. For while the spirit is infused into the body and gives the body life, so too does the spirit depend on the body for its natural operations. And our natural operations, if you will, as Carmelites, are prayer and contemplation. And we depend on the body, we depend on the world to bring that natural operation to completion and perfection. But doesn't St. John teach purgation of all our appetites and bodily senses, which, given our analogy, would then imply a kind of separation from the world. No. St. John teaches the purgation of inordinate appetites and inordinate reliance on our senses. It's a matter of hierarchy. Our Lord is higher than our spirit, and the spirit is higher than the body, so the body should be subject to the spirit 
and our spirit to our Lord, not the other way around, as is sadly the case for many of us. Our passions, hope, joy, sorrow, and fear should be ordered to Christ, not to our appetites. And it is here, I think, that St. Teresa's spirituality and teaching best illuminates what Carmelites should be to the world. For St. Teresa is the master of prayer and contemplation. And contemplation occurs in the spiritual part of our soul, where our intellect, memory, and will, and passions, purified by grace from sin, and the inordinate appetites of the senses become a suitable and welcoming place for the bridegroom. It is here that the truth our intellect seeks is perfected by faith. The recollection our memory, in our memory rather, is perfected by hope. And the good sought by our will is perfected by love. And our passions drive us to do only that which pleases him who loves us. It is in contemplation that our Lord and the mysteries of God, in them we become united to our Lord as his bride. And the fruit of this union is perfect love. But as secular Carmelites, this union of love never comes about separate from the world, but rather in the world. For just as the soul is not separate from the body, we cannot separate ourselves from the world. God uses us to enliven, animate, and bring life to and to transform the world. Likewise, he uses our life in the world as a means to purify, rightly order and bring into submission our inordinate appetites and senses. Carmelites are to the world what the soul is to the body. That is the spirit of Carmel. And it is only by staying true to that spirit that we will truly become the Carmelites we were meant to be.